Welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi. This show is an audio postcard from Las Vegas, but as you are well aware, those casinos, restaurants, and entertainment venues are still closed. Everyone here can't wait to get somewhat back to normal. And today, we're going to share a story of the hope of a return to pro sports. Las Vegas Sun reporter Case Kiefer joins us to talk about a Vegas-only scenario for the NBA playoffs. Later, we'll look at a program available at the Mob Museum that will allow you to visit the museum from your own home. Sports fans in Las Vegas are suffering these days. Uh, they were all excited about the Golden Knights as they were heading into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Raiders are coming, and boom, nothing. Nothing going on at all, and it's really kind of difficult. No betting, no nothing. And now... There's some good news possibly on the horizon. I read an article from Case Kiefer, who's with us today, talking about NBA playoffs in Las Vegas, even without fans. K- Case, by the way, is writes for the Las Vegas Sun and the Las Vegas Weekly and covers sports in depth. Well, Case, uh, kind of exciting. How did you find out about all this? Uh, well, you know, I, I kind of go over it a little bit in the piece if, if you uh, read it, but it was um – it was really kind of a, a rumor going around as soon as the NBA postponed their season and it started to look like, you know, how are sports going to be going forward? Uh, it seemed like it might be easier if they're all kind of in one location. And right away, I think whenever that's a possibility uh, for the NBA or other sports, Las Vegas comes up. So I saw a lot of people talking about it. I didn't put much into it. Uh, then, though, uh, you know, you, you kind of want a more official word from that. And then it seems like we've kind of gotten that in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, players, uh, media people, all kinds of people are talking about the possibility that this has been discussed that the NBA uh, would come to Las Vegas, quarantine their players, and that could be the way they would finish the season, uh, which honestly, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of uh, hurdles we have to get over in this day and age, but it sounded like a great idea to me on the surface, and I think uh, we're a city that could provide that if the NBA decides to go that route. Well, first of all, you mentioned in the article that this is an NBA city, even though there's not an NBA team here yet. There's a long history. Kind of talk about that, because basketball is a big part of Las Vegas. Yeah, well, I, I think certainly you just say that basketball is a big part of Las Vegas. I think the first thing that comes to anyone's mind are those great UNLV teams in the 90s. And I think, uh, you know, that really, uh, you know, ever since the Larry Tar- uh, Tarkanian days, even before that, um, I think Vegas embraced basketball, and it was kind of uh, the, the sport of the city, I guess, unofficially. And the NBA has been the same way. You know, all, a lot of these sports leagues villainized Vegas for years, and the NBA wasn't really like that. They brought games here. Um, even now, we have all, all those Lakers preseason games. Uh, you saw Adam Silver support uh, nationwide expansion of sports gambling. So the NBA has really always kind of uh, embraced Las Vegas. And, of course, we got the WNBA team, the Aces, and it was always kind of looked at as a logical follow-up after that, that if the NBA ever expanded, we would get a team. Uh, so it's not like this would be totally out of the blue. The NBA has a relationship with Las Vegas. I mean, they do multiple events here a year. Uh, so I think that's one thing that can make it easy is that, uh, you know, there is familiarity on both sides. Yeah, and the local summer league is kind of a great precursor to what this could be. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm listing off all the things that the NBA and Las Vegas ties. I don't even mention the biggest one. I don't think the summer league. I would, they come every uh, year for two weeks, uh, and, and it's just only gotten bigger and bigger. You've seen the crowds the last couple of years. I think there's been a few sellout games. Every single team uh, had been here a couple summers. Uh, so that really does kind of have a, a, a blueprint of just why this could work so well. I mean, we've brought almost as many people, if not the amount of people that would need to be here, uh, to 
uh, hypothetically finish this season. We've done that every summer with the Summer League. So let's see how this would actually work. What are we talking about? Uh, I, I've read stuff like they're talking about they want to be done by Labor Day or what have you. Kind of stretch out in your mind what you think uh, we could look for if, they, if this does come to pass. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering now if there's those, those goalposts might be pushed back a bit. I think that this, uh, you know, uh, pandemic gets a little more serious than we think almost every single day. And uh, you see some of the reports yesterday from, uh, or, sorry, we're recording this on uh, on a Monday, but you see the reports from uh, President Trump uh, talking with all the commissioners where he said he wanted uh, sports up and running by September. I know that's nothing uh, official, but I think if it means the NBA getting done, if they have to go a little bit later into the fall, maybe they will do that. Um, I, I, I think I would be looking still for mid to late summer uh, where the NBA is trying to make those plans and we'll have to see if Las Vegas is involved. Um, I think Labor Day is when ideally they would want to be finished by, but it just seems like uh, there's really no – you really have to be flexible with, with what's going on right now. So I think if, if they had to push into September or October, uh, maybe that's something that could happen as well. You talked about the fact that they can't just jump into the playoffs. The players were saying they'd like at least a few of the regular season games just to get ready for that. So is that what – and that's going to – if that's the case, there's a lot of games going on all over. But as you mentioned, there's a lot of different facilities that could be doing this all at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. When I hear basketball in Las Vegas, I mean, I think like a lot of people, I think the big venues, uh, the Thomas and Mac, even T-Mobile Arena, which has basketball events every year, Mandalay Bay, where the Aces play. Uh, but you look at uh, Adrian Wojnarowski's report, and he was saying that there was talk of, you know, converting ballrooms into uh, places to play. Uh, so really, I mean, the possibilities are just endless if they're even looking at that. I don't know exactly how much space they'll need, but it seems like whatever they need, uh, Las Vegas can provide in one way or another if they want to go with established venues, if they want to do makeshift venues. Uh, we have all the space, and I, I think if it's safe, there's no reason not to be using it. And you're saying, too, we're talking about with no fans in the stands. Yeah, certainly uh, the, the reports I've seen from the guys that you know are plugged into the NBA and are covering this day in and day out have said that at least initially the NBA wants to go forward with no fans in the stands. Um, I mean, this thing's so fluid it seems like it changes day to day maybe everything turns out uh better than what better than it looks like right now or maybe we're a little safer by the summer and some fans will be able to attend but i think certainly the favorite right now would be uh, at least at first it will be just uh central personnel uh, and the players well maybe that's another reason for las vegas then because i was reading the nhl they said if they played some games they would try to televise it in a whole different way you could have different angles you could use music there's a lot of things lighting there's a lot of things you could do vegas is great for that and i'm thinking basketball could be the same way couldn't it i mean they could really kind of make this a different type of event because you got to do something to replace those fans oh yeah i think that's a great point i absolutely agree i haven't really uh daydreamed it that much but it seems like you have and that, that's a really good point i think they would have to do uh, something a little bit different. I think we might, uh, you know, kind of take for granted or at least underrate kind of the presence of the fans and how much that adds to the TV product and how it's kind of part of the thing. And obviously the game's still the main thing, so you'd have that for television, but you'd want to do uh, some different things, and I think you'd have some some possibilities. I don't know whether that's, uh, you know, better sound from the court or uh, different lighting. Uh, I agree with you, but I think, again, Las Vegas is capable of all these things. It's kind of uh, what... Uh, the city specializes in, so I think that uh, we'd be able to pull it off. Well, basketball's always been a good game for television. It's like football. They just translate well, much better than like the NHL or even baseball, for that matter. And I wonder if we'll get some of that feel of, 
you know, guys playing out in the playground, you know, because you'd be a lot of trash talking. You could have back and forth, and it just would give it kind of a different image, you know, bringing the, uh, the games from the, the back streets right to the professional level. Yeah, it, it would certainly be a, a sight to see. I don't think anyone would really know what to expect, uh, including the players. And, you know, maybe that's what would make it you know, e- even more special. It's hard to kind of find positives in this uh, whole situation in the world right now. But maybe if you have, uh, you know, basketball kind of boiled down to its essence and, uh, you know, you get to have a new experience uh, on television, I think it's something that basketball fans, even if they're hesitant at first, would really embrace. And I think it'd be uh, something to give us you know, to look forward to to entertain us during this time. And you say it's really appropriate because it's so important to television. I mean, I know everybody likes to have games and they love to have home games and that sort of thing, but there's a lot of money on this too, where you don't want to just see that all dry up, right? And television, there'd be big audiences, I would assume, for this. Yeah, I mean, the NBA, I think, uh, is really, you know, kind of stressing right now about their bottom line. They had already kind of had a rough year with, uh, if you remember back to the beginning of the year, the whole China uh, controversy where Daryl Morey uh, sent out a tweet supporting the, the protests in Hong Kong. And I don't remember the exact uh, price amount, but they lost something like $500 million with that, with their fallout with China. So they were already having a down financial year. Now to have to cancel the whole season, uh, I think their television contract uh, was something estimated to bring in like $2.7 billion this year. And, of course, the biggest piece of that television contract is the playoffs. So I just really think the NBA is going to go to every length uh, to be able to at least recover some of that profit. I mean, these are not uh, a couple bucks we're talking about. It's a big deal. Yeah, and it might be, in a weird sort of way, a good PR move for the NBA because – we we all know we missed the NC2As, of course, and March Madness and all that's gone. It would be an opportunity for people that maybe don't follow the NBA much or even follow basketball that much now to suddenly want to watch it because I think the sport fan will watch just about anything right now. Oh, yeah, you got you got to think so that any sports fan, uh, even if they're um, sometimes lukewarm on the NBA, would be watching this, especially if they're – uh, the first league back, which I really think they're probably in position to do. Uh, they led the charge at the beginning of this thing. Of course, they called off the season uh, the night. Um, I, I think that Wednesday night when all this started happening, or maybe it was Thursday night. But all the rest of the sports leagues kind of followed their lead. And, um, you know, you look into some of the reports, and it seems to still be uh, going that way. A lot of the leagues are conferring with each other, seeing what to do. Uh, and I think of the leagues going on right now, the NBA was the biggest. And I think they're kind of uh, – you know, the de facto leader of this whole thing. More from Las Vegas Sun reporter Case Kiefer. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. We are talking with Las Vegas Sun sports reporter Case Kiefer about the possibility of the NBA playoffs taking place at a variety of Vegas venues in front of empty stands. One of all the major sports is basketball, the easiest one to start up because there's less personnel, and I'm sure these guys are staying in shape and so forth, or or am I just being kind of naive? I think as far as those big team sports, uh, certainly you'd have to say basketball, and I think uh, you nailed it. It's the easiest thing. It's just the fewest personnel. It's just, uh, you know, you think hockey, their rosters are uh, more than two times as large, and there's 30 uh, teams, so that's a lot more. I think some of the individual sports obviously would be a little bit easier. Um, We've already seen golf have some plans uh, to to continue. They announced some stuff. 
Um, they were one of the last ones to cancel. So I think uh, there's some individual sports that would be easier to get back. But as far as like the major team sports, uh, I got to agree with you. I think basketball should be uh, the easiest one. Well, getting back to the logistics of this whole thing, you wrote something in your article, and I hadn't thought about it, but probably Vegas is uniquely qualified to do this simply because of all the hotel rooms on the Strip alone. There's so many rooms because when you've got that, there might not be a lot of players on the court, but there's a lot of people in the organization, the personnel group, you know, all that kind of thing, and you got to have a place to put them. Yeah, and I think this is another uh – example that goes back to the summer league i mean the summer league is so much more than just the teams playing here every summer it's kind of like the unofficial uh, nba conference every year i mean every uh, general managers here tons of front offices uh and they all have to stay somewhere during uh you know july which isn't exactly a busy time in vegas but it's a little busier than now when, when nothing's going on and uh i know a lot of teams always stay in the same place and you know i've really gotten to know uh some of the executives at those resorts so i think it would kind of be uh you know, an, an easy adjustment for them in the sense that they are kind of familiar with these places. They do it every year uh, already, and it looks like this could even fit kind of in the same time frame. It would be a little bit different for the players because obviously not every player comes to the summer league. But I think from the executives in the front offices, it would just be kind of uh, like muscle memory coming and uh, staying in their, uh, the, the hotels they've been doing for the last several years. Well, that makes sense, and, and I'm assuming that this can't happen without the, the hotels being open and that kind of thing. So you're going to have – Really a unique situation because on the one hand, I'm guessing you're not going to want to have crowds, anything past 250 people or something like that anywhere. So they're going to have to be all sorts of adjustments made by the casinos and so forth. And I, I guess the NBA is probably already trying to look at that ahead to keep their players safe and to keep the community safe and just make this thing as uh, seamless as they can. Yeah, there are a, a lot of logistics and a lot of things like that to figure out. Um, but I think that, you know, you look at kind of the blueprint of uh, Las Vegas and what the destination is specialized in. And I just think, uh, you know, maybe I'm being foolhardy, but I just think that if any city's capable of it, it would be Las Vegas and they'd be able to, uh, you know, put together all the hurdles and everything that needs to happen. Uh, I think Las Vegas would be able to do it. Well, you know, you mentioned President Trump just talked to all the commissioners and so forth. You think maybe the, um, of course, the NFL is going to try to go on schedule as best they can. But in terms of baseball, trying to do a half season, maybe the NHL trying to do a, some sort of a limited Stanley Cup playoff. I don't know that they're kind of looking, or they would be looking to the NBA to see, like, all right, take us out there, kind of let's see how this works and let's get it started. And once if things go smoothly, it's kind of an open to all the other leagues to try to slowly get back to normal. Yeah, I mean, that's not official by any means, but I think uh, if you poke around and read some of the more uh, informed uh, reporters about what's going on, that does seem to kind of be the case that the NBA is a little bit at the forefront. And, you know, not to say the guys in the NBA wouldn't need some time to get back to full strength. They would, too. That's why they say they don't want to jump right into the playoffs. But I think it is a little bit easier uh, for the basketball players to, to get back into games as opposed to, like, baseball. I mean, uh, if you just start the baseball regular season with no – advance warning you're gonna have so many pitching injuries uh and such and um even the nhl from a conditioning standpoint i think is a little bit tougher so i i think you know all those reasons go into why i do think the nba set up to be first yeah i i I kind of agree with you on that and the NBA sort of has reason to try to take the lead and do this right because I think of all that stuff with the Utah Jazz where they had some 
uh, I forget the name of the player, but kind of took this likely and was touching microphones. And then sure enough, he had COVID-19. And that kind of left a little bit of a black mark. Uh, you think this is an opportunity for them, too, to like, all right, we're ahead of the game. We're trying to do everything right. They, they reacted to that well when it happened, and they want to continue to be the leader. Yeah, Rudy Gobert, uh, that, that was, and yeah, that's a real cautionary tale uh, for this whole thing. I think he's he's done well apologizing and kind of keeping uh, the public up to date with his, uh, his his COVID-19 experience. I know he's cleared now, but yeah, I, I do think uh, it would be good PR from them, and I think uh, it would earn them some goodwill. And I, I think the NBA really, in general, is you know very well run. I think that they've made uh, smart decisions over the last several years. I, I, I think they've you know, always had safety, and they've always really conferred with their players to make sure they're comfortable. Uh, and I think this would be the ultimate example of that if they could pull that off again. Okay, so let's look. Let's hope this happens. And let's one last thing. Then the playoffs itself, it's not going to be the full gamut of all the teams. Do you think? Because I think it would just take too long. What do you think? Uh, you know, from what I've read is that they wouldn't necessarily want to change, that it could still be the 16 teams in the playoffs and still the same basic uh, bracket format. However, the, the where I think you're going to see a change is I don't think you're going to see a best-of-seven series in every single matchup like we normally do in the NBA. Um, I don't know exactly how they'll do it. I don't know if they'll do a one-and-done even. I've seen mentioned uh, a best-of-five. Maybe you go best-of-five when you get to the conference finals. Uh, so I, I still think... The money would be on having all 16 teams, but uh, you're not going to have much margin for error as you normally do uh, in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, and that might make the games actually a little more exciting because right away, boom, you're to the Game 7 excitement already right from the start. Yeah, there's uh, like I said, you can't really have an off night. Uh, there's going to be that's going to increase the chances for upsets, and it could just make the whole thing a, a lot more crazier and maybe better from a viewing standpoint. Well, it's certainly exciting to think about it, and let's cross our fingers. As long as we have Case here, uh, Case covers all sorts of sports, and I know sports ga- gambling is a big thing, that you cover that and so forth. And you wrote an interesting article uh, about this as well, and I wanted to just talk to you a little about it. These guys have gotten really creative, right, when there's nothing to bet on, and some people just have to bet. What are these? What are, what are the like people like circus sports and stuff? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's uh, they've really kind of uh, looked all across the globe to find anything there can be to bet on, and then made sure it was uh, within the uh, Nevada Gaming Control Board's uh, uh, purview that, that they were okay with booking, and then they put it up. So it's been very interesting to see the different sports that have been booked. Uh, a lot of esports lately, I've seen. There was a, a Counter Strike tournament I think last week that was a. Uh, taking some action. I know uh, ping pong in Russia and Ukraine uh, has been big. There's been a couple soccer leagues still kicking. So it's really been any any sporting kind of anything that's going on in the world. Uh, the, the sportsbook guys are, are looking for it and trying to put odds on it to give uh, people something to bet on at this time. Well, I mean, <laughs> betting on Russian table tennis for most of us, I think, is, is kind of like playing Keno, you know. <laughs> Who knows, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm a big uh, sports better, as you mentioned. I cover sports betting for a long time, but I have not uh, made a bet since this thing, uh, uh, you know, took us over. Uh, I don't know. Diving into the Russian uh, table tennis numbers doesn't seem that appealing to me. It still seems like uh, there'd be a big margin for error. But hey, there, there's been some reports in recent days that people are making some money doing it, and uh, even the sports book guys are saying, like, look, we're not getting rich off of this. We're just kind of trying to provide this as a service. So. Uh, if you can handicap it, more power to you. I'll, I'll just be staying away for now. More from Las Vegas Sun reporter Case Kiefer, who can be read at LasVegasSun.com. 
You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the BizTalk Radio Network. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. With us today is Las Vegas Sun reporter Case Kiefer, who is discussing the hows and whys of a possible NBA playoff tournament in Las Vegas. Yeah, the, the, the most interesting ones to me are soccer, just because those are major sports in other countries. And all, like things like Australian rules football, that's kind of interesting. But, you know, I've watched that sometimes in the, the announcer saying this is one of the greatest games of all times, and I'm trying to figure out why it's one of the greatest games of all times. So it, it's going to take a little uh, study, I guess, if people really want to try to make some money on this. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Aussie rules football now is actually suspended as well. They went for a while, uh, but ended up uh, canceling their season, kind of like all the major leagues. I remember someone uh, texted me during the Aussie rules football asking, uh, you know, who I who I like to bet on. I, mean, I, I can't bet on the sport that I literally can't even tell you how it looks. I don't think I've ever seen it. I, I know it's somewhat like rugby. Uh, that could even be wrong. I don't know. So I stayed away from that one as well. What about the long-term bets? I mean, like the NFL season, we assume we're going to have an NFL season. So based on that, you know, and the fact that they had the whole free agency uh, period, and I guess we're going to have a normal draft. So is there interest in that, trying to get, you know, preseason bets out? Um, well, there's been a ton actually come out. Uh, I've seen, I mean, these sports books have nothing else to focus on. So I think to try to uh, – you know, stay in the public eye. They put out a lot of uh, season-long bets, a lot of props, a lot of win totals. Um, they're all interestingly, or, or maybe not all, but I know Circa, which I've looked at most recently, they have a lot marked with uh, um, the season must be completed, I think, by March 2021, just in case uh, the NFL season is postponed to. They give themselves a, a little leeway that way. I guess the, the disconnect, though, is there hasn't been a lot of betting action by all accounts. I think people... Uh, are having the same conversations you and I are having, wondering how the season is going to go. Is it going to go on time? I don't think people want to lock up their money that long. Uh, yeah. Normally, anyway, now we have a, you know some, some unknowns on top of it. So a lot of options, not a lot of betting from what I've heard. Well, if we're trying to think about that way and think creatively when this thing jumps back, just like they do with the stock market where you're trying to think, well, this will end eventually, so what are we going to do? Let's talk for a minute about something like pro football. Is there any way to look at this like this upcoming season is going to be different? And is there some way of looking at it that can give you kind of an advantage in terms of betting on football? I mean, they're all through the same books, but you just kind of wonder if there's less of a preseason. If, they, if they, I don't know. I'm always trying to think of a way to kind of get an advantage. Can you think yeah, of yeah, that? It's always, it's always worthwhile to think of those angles. Um, you know, I, I think maybe one thing, you know, the margins are so slim in the NFL for one. It's the, the sharpest uh, market, I think, in Las Vegas. But um, maybe some things you might want to look at is just, you know, try to determine, uh, crunch the numbers, who, who had the biggest home field advantage uh, in the last several years. I think there's a big chance that the NFL starts on time, but without fans. Uh, and without fans, those home field advantages are really going to be cut into. Uh, so maybe you could, you could find an edge there, thinking about uh, the different home fields. And yeah, maybe like you said, maybe you look at teams that have had big roster turnover, and if there's going to be a, a less of a preseason, less of a time to get ready, um, some teams that are still gelling that aren't really, uh, you know, yeah. know each other that well, maybe uh, their teams to bet against early in the year. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because in baseball, where if they have a short season there, maybe the home fields do matter because the Red Sox know how to play Fenway and the Oakland A's know how to play the Coliseum and everything in between. So that kind of makes sense. But football, that's all the same thing. And I'm wondering, a guy like Bill Belichick, who's the greatest coach I think that's ever lived, <laughs> it seems to him and Lombardi, maybe, maybe it goes back to that. Those are the guys that can do the most with this. Yeah, absolutely. I think coaches, uh, coaching is always really important uh, to pay attention to. I, I mean, even when this isn't going on and everything's normal, uh, I, I think you want to look at the better coaches and more often than, than not be backing them. Maybe we'll see that be even a bigger uh, edge going into the next season. So uh, for, for sure, that's not a bad uh, route to take either. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. We are talking with Las Vegas Sun sports reporter Case Kiefer about the possibility of the NBA playoffs taking place at a variety of Vegas venues in front of empty stands. And when it comes to the, the sports books and so forth, this got to be really frustrating, I'm thinking, for Derek Stevens, because he was going to just jump out with Circus Sports. I mean, it's already started, but the, the new hotel and so forth. And now you kind of wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I've thought of that same thing as well. Uh, it was so exciting everything going on at circa and that's not to say they won't continue i'm sure they will continue they're doing great things in the market uh, really low hold percentages a whole lot of betting options and, and they've been cranking them out through this as well but uh, you know i know all this was really leading up to the circa resort opening downtown uh, next december and uh, that's not my area of expertise i don't know if it, you know how this has affected construction or how they're looking for that but sports betting was booming for so long uh, it's been a few years now where just every month it seems like it's getting bigger uh, this certainly seems like a thing that's going to cut into it and uh, maybe makes you wonder, um, you, you know, what, what uh, if that Circa Sportsbook is going to open on time. It's just it's just a lot of questions right now, just like sports getting back. There's a lot of questions on how this is going to work out for sports betting. But uh, I know Circa, they've got a great staff over there, and I'm sure uh, that they'll find a way to weather it one way or the other. And i got to think there's a little bit of fear in the minds of the Vegas casino owners and so forth and the sportsbooks that, People are wanting to do everything remotely, and unfortunately for those folks, you can bet on sports remotely now in most of the country. Yeah, that is one uh, advantage. Than if this would have happened, I mean, even five or six years ago, it's just uh, every every uh, year the numbers of mobile wagering are uh, increasing, and uh, I mean, a lot of people that are betting seriously have mobile accounts. Uh, that being said, I mean, right now you can't really get one if you don't have one because that uh, still does require. Uh, going into the casino, going into the casino, excuse me, filling out that paperwork. So, um, I, I think from a sports betting perspective, it might be a little bit better than just the actual casino, since you can bet, um, you know, a, away from the casino. But you're still gonna at some point need to go sign up for those accounts. And finally, Case, I know you're a big music fan. Uh, you write about concerts and so forth all the time for the Las Vegas Weekly. Let's look at that for a second. I mean, is that going to take a little while? Because we don't know how long it's going to be before people are comfortable sitting in a place that holds, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000, and, and way more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to talk about someone that I, you know, an industry that I am very worried for, especially uh, for me, I'm really into, you know, underground, more independent music and people who are, you know, really making their living. Uh, in the current age of music by touring and playing these small venues. And uh, obviously that industry has been totally shut down. And even if it starts back up later in the year, I mean, how many people are going to feel comfortable uh, going out there? So I think if there's some uh, 
bands or musicians that you love that you know aren't of the big mainstream getting played on the radio i would say if there's any way you should support them right now because uh, they need it as, as bad as anyone and uh, it's been hard to see a lot of their livelihoods cut into boy that's a great point you know if there's a way of buying some of their music online or something or merchandise or whatever it is the time because las vegas is one of those great places where you can go there and get your start i mean much like los angeles and new york it's a place to to, to put be because there's so many locations. Boy, this is a sad situation, and it's not the same watching people do a YouTube concert by themselves in their room, right? Oh, I, I'm totally with you, and I, I love that they're doing that, and I hope that takes off and it does well. But for me, it's just not the same feel. I know some people, it's the same thing, but uh, I just the power of live music to me is a kind of a, a whole different thing. So uh, it, it's kind of different, and just. I mean, it really does affect Vegas a lot, too. We have so many uh, great festivals just across such a wide variety of genres um, that, you know, that that's a thing we're really, really watching going into the, the fall. I know basically everything in the next couple months has been canceled. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a sad situation, and I hope uh, all, all we can do is hope right now that this thing gets figured out sooner rather than later because uh, I'm missing it as much as uh, any other music fan, I think. Well, yeah, it's something as simple as the punk rock bowling thing. Sounds crazy and stuff, but for those of us that really like that genre of music, we look forward to that every year, and it's a place where you kind of bring the new and the old legends together and so forth, and uh, we're behind the eight ball, and everything's going to fall behind, and you, you just you hate to see that happen. I imagine even for somebody on the other end of the spectrum, like a Lady Gaga that and Aerosmith that have done such an incredible thing in Las Vegas, this has to kill them because they were on a roll where they were kind of dominating this whole revival in these residencies in Las Vegas. Yeah, I thought these, these residencies were, were doing great. I hadn't seen a whole lot of them. I'd seen uh, quite a few, though, and I, I wanted to see a lot more. I wanted to see Lady Gaga before she was done. I think she was wrapping up maybe the end of this year. Uh, I hadn't seen the Aerosmith one either. But, yeah, that, that, seemed, that was such an exciting thing. Uh, that that was really taking off again with a lot more, uh, you know, current artists. I think pe- artists that people wanted to see. Uh, it was cool to see that. It was cool to see us get all these festivals. I- I'm a big punk rock bowling guy uh, as well. I don't think I've missed at least a little bit of one since like 2011. So this is going to be uh, weird not going to that. You know, there's just been, you know, there's so many branches of the music industry that uh, Las Vegas has tapped into and I think tapped into well. Uh, so it- it's going to take a while to get, you know, fully back into the swing of things. More from sports reporter Case Kiefer of the Las Vegas Sun in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. We are talking with Las Vegas Sun sports reporter Case Kiefer about the possibility of the NBA playoffs taking place at a variety of Vegas venues in front of empty stands. Yeah, and it worries me because there's the sphere. They're building more and more venues. Now we're going to have the Raiders Stadium, which I know Garth Brooks sold it out in less than uh, a day. But 
you got to fill those seats, uh, and it just puts pressure on the people that invested in these things. It's really, you know, not to mention all the conventions that may be missed. So, this is really a crucial time for Las Vegas, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that. I mean, it's, you, you did a great job there. It just it stretches into so many uh, areas that you might not think of uh, right away that are going to, you know, really take a hit from this. And I think it's going to take. Um, Las Vegas getting creative and, you know, thinking of ways to do things outside the box and, you know, maybe diversifying in some ways to be able to come back from this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a scary proposition, but, uh, it, you know, the best you can do is just stay positive and hope that the powers that be uh, can find a way uh, to do some of those things. Uh, I'm certainly uh, with you and hoping that uh, we, we find a way one way or the other. Well, we're all hoping this. We love Vegas. People that listen to the show absolutely love Vegas. And Case, Following you is a great way to keep track of that, and you're looking at these things day by day. How can people follow you if they don't live in Las Vegas? Oh, yeah, well, thanks a lot. I love Las Vegas, too, so it seems like uh, me and your listeners will will get along uh, really well. I would not uh, be anywhere else, despite uh, how scary it is looking right now. And you can follow me uh, on Twitter, at Case Kiefer. Instagram, Kiefer X Vegas, or just LasVegasSun.com, uh, trying to keep our, our, our website up a lot, uh, trying to keep a lot of uh, Las Vegas-centric, obviously, stories uh, throughout this whole time. So you can catch me in any of those places. Well, we certainly will. Hey, Case, thanks so much. Really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. As we have mentioned to you countless times, Vegas is a great town for museums. One of the very best is the Mob Museum, and you can visit it today from your living room. They've got a robot called MobBot that will give you a tour. I spoke to Misha Ray, the digital marketing director, a little while ago about the virtual tour. You got one of the coolest things that I really want to talk to you about that you call MoBot. Okay, this is really interesting. And when I first saw, you know, reading about it, I thought, okay, this is going to be some corny gag, you know, some, <laughs> you know, which which sometimes are fun. But there's a lot more to this. People can actually, if you're sitting uh, somewhere on the East Coast or someplace, you just can't get out to Las Vegas. Tell us what Mobot can do, because I think it's it's really well worth somebody's time. Or even if they're not going to be out here for a few years. Take a, take a preview. Absolutely. MoBot is actually very new to the museum, just launched um, in April of this year. Very excited to have it. And it's a, it's a robot that you drive from home, from your home computer, with just your up, down, left, right arrow keys or your mouse. And you just you have complete control over what the robot does, where it goes, what it sees. You can zoom in on things. You can, you can turn around 360 so you have just complete uh, control over what you're seeing. And also with MoBot comes a, uh, a guide. So you get one of our guided tours uh, led by just one-on-one. It's just going to be you and the robot, uh, but it's going to feel like you're actually here because our guide can talk to you. You can talk to them. You can ask them questions. It's just like you're here, here in person. So you, you roam around the museum. You can ask questions. They give you the, the spiel on all of our big artifacts. They can, you know, uh, you can ask what something, you, you point to something and say, what's that up in the upper left? And they can point it to you and they can tell you the story behind it. And That's then you, great. so you have the one-on-one experience. You have the entire museum to yourself because we operate these tours before we're open. So we do it in the morning here at 7.30. And I guess if you're on the East Coast, then that would be 10.30. But uh, for us, it, it's best for other guests so that nobody's running into each other and that you're not, yeah, it's, it can be hard to hear if there are other people around you, but... Do you have to reserve it, or does it just... Yeah, you reserve it two weeks ahead of time uh, using our online form. Um, It's actually free for those who are homebound or hospital-bound, so if you have a disability that doesn't allow 
allow you to be able to leave your home city or your hospital bed even, you can uh, you can just log in and we offer that for free. So it's a it's a really great option for those who who have that situation or are never going to be able to visit Las Vegas. But, I mean, it's got to be great for teachers. I mean, really yes. from the elementary school level all the way to master's yes. level uh, because they can come in and they can spend some time with mm-hmm. something and do it. Yep. And we have um, actually another new program that we launched this year was our investigating history program and that's specifically targeted at schools. And we have um, an educator go to the schools and they, they have trunks that they unload with various um, not specific artifacts because they're accessioned and we can't exactly you know be giving little kids our artifacts but right. they're they are educational objects that represent either the Hoover Dam or you know various items through prohibition for the older kids so those are uh, that's a really excellent program for for teachers in this area as well what made the museum go to this I mean to me it's just taking it another step and it, it seems like a great thing and maybe that's the 20 this is what a 21st century museum actually looks like I think so I think what you just nailed it I think it's what a 21st century museum looks like. We were, we're an educational resource, not just for adults who have seen The Godfather and Goodfellas, mm-hmm. but for kids who haven't learned the history of Las Vegas, that's part of what our Investigating History program focuses on. So it's uh, how Las Vegas began, which was really through the railroad, um, and, and Boulder Dam, known as Boulder Dam then, known as Hoover Dam now. So, you know, we go through the history of Las Vegas, and then for the older kids, you, when you get into high school, we, we go through Prohibition and, and what it looked like then. But, um, yeah, I think I think you nailed it. That's that's what museums have to do today to, to really educate people on, on various histories. Thanks, Misha. And thank you for listening today. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. This is Stephen Maggi, who will soon be reminding you once again that Vegas never sleeps. Social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.